once we accept that such things as experience and consciousness and awareness arise automatically with the arrangement of molecules through an evolutionary process, we come to another realization. There is an old saying, save the pennies and leave the pounds to take care of themselves. In other words, just do the basic things right and let what emerges and supervenes on them emerge in its own way. We don't need a design. We don't need a designer. We just allow the molecules to do what the molecules do under an evolutionary natural system and something will emerge that we experience as consciousness without anybody doing anything extra at all. Suppose that's true if we get other fundamental principles right. Suppose in particular, to go back to my favourite theme in education, that if we get the fundamentals of education right, we don't need to worry so much about what you might call the superstructure. We don't need to inject new components to introduce morality and value and worth and all the other things that we worry about so much with every generation. We could, if the infrastructure reflected correctly the right sociological evolution, just do the infrastructure right and the superstructure would be automatic, just as consciousness, awareness and experience are automatic consequences of a particular kind of arrangement of their substructures. Let's then put that into at least the outline of a practice. All through these voice notes, the point has been made repeatedly that we spend too much of our time thinking about the future, sacrificing today for the sake of tomorrow, enduring drudgery and misery, or at least an unhappy present, in the hope that it will furnish us with a compensating reward in the future. And the one, of, one of the things that we have said all the way through is that we need to stop doing that. All the counter-arguments that we've dealt with in previous episodes to the effect that if we were to do that, if we were to forget that way of thinking, the world would fall apart, I think we've said enough to show are just a kind of self-serving exercise in the vested interests of a particular owning class. Suppose instead that we get the basics of education right according to our thinking, what would they be? I think there would be at least three components and I'm going to describe them very briefly and maybe we come back to them and perhaps we will add to them as we reflect on it. Number one is the Dewey Principle. 
We live at the time we live and not at some other time and only by extracting as much of the meaning, note that I'm changing Dewey's original words slightly there, only by extracting as much of the meaning as we can from every present experience can we prepare ourselves for the same thing in the future. That's not an exact quotation. That's the only preparation for the future that we need. So, if we attend to the present sufficiently to extract from it as much of its significance, as much of the experience of the present as we can, then we learn how to enjoy today, and only on the basis of having learnt how to enjoy today can we hope to enjoy tomorrow, or conversely, if we can't enjoy today, why would we suppose that we will be any better at enjoying tomorrow? So that's a key component in education because it suggests that we really must create conditions for learning that children find, young people find, enjoyable, rewarding. But we need, as I've said many a time, to teach them, maybe we first need to teach ourselves or to learn with them, how to do that experiencing in such a way that we extract as much of the meaning from every present moment as we can. So that's number one. Much more to be said about it, but that's enough for now. Number two is what we might call the Rilke principle. Live your questions. Live your questions. Make your questions, not somebody else's questions, not the questions other people want you to ask or think you should ask or think are signs that you're heading in the right direction. Make your questions central to your existence and to your learning and to your way of living. Live your questions and you will live along some distant day into the answers. Perhaps. But in the process of living your questions, you will interrogate the present in just the way that Dewey's principle suggests that we should in order to extract as much of its meaning as possible. Live your question. Don't ever say to yourself, I shouldn't be asking this. That's a silly question. The answer to that must be obvious. Somebody must know this. Maybe it's just silly of me even to think it. Never, ever give yourself that piece of advice. If you have a question, live it and insist on asking it and insist as far as you can on somebody, anybody, answering it insofar as they are able. Because that will help you dig deep into the present and to extract from it as much of its meaning as you can. So... We've got two principles now. We've got the Rilke principle of living your questions and we've got the Dewey principle of living the present. What's the third? The third is that we should not be in too much of a hurry to try to design, to fabricate the trajectory of our own existence. We shouldn't, in other words, be in too much of a hurry to think we know who we are and where we're going. To some extent, we know where we've been, and to some extent, we know where we've got to, but only to some extent. 
but in almost no sense do we know where we're going. So don't be in so much of a hurry to try to use the present to create a future that is foreseeable. The self that I will be three o'clock tomorrow afternoon doesn't yet exist. The self I will be when I finish this recording in a few minutes' time doesn't yet exist. Something may erupt out of my non-conscious processing that's been growing there, been maturing there, been gestating there for minutes, hours, days, decades. Something may pop up in the next few seconds that will fundamentally shift my understanding of who I am and even of what I want to say in this note. As you know from the beginning, we've been exercising our entitlement to follow our noses in all these notes and sometimes it's been more successful and sometimes less. That's the nature of the beast. But we have not attempted to prejudge where we were going and implicitly I've not been attempting to prejudge who I would be, what I would think, what I would believe by the time I get to the end. So the last component, the third component, I don't have a name for it, but the third component is don't second guess your future. Take the view that if you save the pennies, the pounds will take care of themselves. That if you apply the Dewey principle and the Rilke principle to the day you are living at the moment, then the person that you will become as a result of that will naturally and automatically emerge. Now, obviously, there are going to be all kinds of people who say, whoa, hold on a minute. How do you know that won't produce an absolute monster? How do you know that you won't emerge as Adolf Hitler or Joseph Stalin or Pol Pot or Genghis Khan or whoever you particular chosen favorite is for that kind of instance? But the point that I'm making just as with the emergence of consciousness, automatically with a certain kind of infrastructure, with a certain kind of body with a brain, as we said in episode 34, is that if we get the educational fundamentals right, the kind of thing that will emerge automatically from them will be a better kind of human being. And I've been trying to suggest all through what are now over 130 of these voice notes that if we could get our educational principles right on the ground floor, if we could get the physiology and neurophysiology of our minds right, then we would automatically be better people who would live in a better world and who would build a better world and would have better values that were more sustainable, that were more humane, that took more note of one another and all sorts of other criteria, although, again, that is a kind of prejudgment of what kinds of things would emerge. I think I want to, in a sense, say, yeah, well, maybe we take that with a pinch of salt. What I do think is that the kind of society that would emerge if we all lived the present would be a fundamentally different kind of society than the one in which we actually live and that the kinds of people who would emerge if we all lived the present would be fundamentally different kinds of people 
from those who actually live and I would be a different kind of person from the person that I am. So it's a kind of extended take no thought for the morrow, for the morrow can take enough thought for itself, sufficient unto the days, the evil thereof. So I suppose you could call it the Jesus principle if you wanted to. But that's the third component. And all three, the Dewey principle, the Rilke principle, and the Jesus principle, all say to us, save the pennies and leave the pounds to take care of themselves, do the basics right, and you will find that all the rest will be added unto you all by itself, automatically, and for the good of all.